really all I knew was that there was a God, his son was Jesus, and you pray. But just with that, it only resulted in me just praying anytime I got trouble, like, oh, God, please don't let me get caught. <laughs> and, um, you know, I ended up actually uh, going to retreat in 2002, and uh, I heard God's voice for the first time. And, uh, yeah, it was very powerful. The only thing was is that I didn't water that seed. You know what I mean? It was just like I heard him, but I didn't make any connection, and I didn't understand that it was really what he wanted was relationship. What I was trying to do was just trying to live by the rules of being a quote-unquote good Christian, you know. And so that retreat high that I was on just died out real fast. Um, it was pretty much just me and my mom growing up. Uh, my dad wasn't in the picture. And uh, what I've learned with that is that with the father comes identity, you know. And if there's no, I mean, like mothers, mothers bring things to the table that are just as important. Don't get me wrong. But fathers bring identity. And so with me not having that identity, it just resulted in me just being struggling really bad with insecurities and being a pushover. It was like there'd be situations to where you like, you know, when you hang out with your friends, it's like, okay, we're all about to go out somewhere. And then they're like, okay, well, who's about to drive? Eugene. And I'm over here like, okay. <laughs> you know, because I'd never had, like, I, I, I didn't have, like, a backbone to actually stand up for myself. Like, any time that there was, like, an opposition in the way or something, like, I would just kind of go around it. So rather than me saying, you know, I've drove the last five times. Why don't somebody else do it? I would just, you know, like, oh, okay, fine. You know, I'll, I'll just go ahead and do it, you know. Um, come 2008, honestly, the... Uh, my insecurity just, uh, like the insecurity I was struggling with just, it got really bad. And I just, all I did was I began to just focus on my outward appearance because that's what I felt like I had the most control over. So I like couldn't go out anywhere unless I was like 100%, I mean, the hair, the line, you know what I mean? The facial hair, the shirt, the jeans, the shoes, everything had to be on point or, you know, like I wasn't going out. And... I went out and bought a charger. I put 22s on it. I mean, like, I was really out there, like, really just thinking, like, I was a man, you know? And I wasn't that guy, but I felt like if I have these things, then I will be that guy, you know? And I started drinking real heavy just because the guy that I was drunk was more fun, was more outgoing, was more bold. You know, and so I looked at alcohol as, well, here's my answer to my struggle with insecurity. But how many of us know I would wake up the next morning, same person, you know what I mean? Still struggling with the same things, you know? And in the midst of all this chaos, and this is, this is 2008, uh, I, meet, I meet Angela, and woo! And I mean, the chemistry's great. I mean, like, we hit it off great. One-on-one -on -one time was just, was just amazing. But it's like I had this whole other life of just partying, drinking, girls and stuff that she was just completely oblivious to. So come the end of 08, all of us know that whatever you keep in the dark 
will eventually come to the light. You know what I mean? Like it'll eventually come up to the surface and you have to deal with it. So that's pretty much what happened. And she pretty much told me it's over, you know? And honestly, like, uh, and not to make this about me, but like it hurt her really bad. And for me, it was like, I'd never hurt anybody to that degree before. So it was like, I'd literally just hit like a whole new low. And so coming into 2009 and just looking back at like 08, it's just like, wow, like everything was just completely on the decline. And it wasn't because of circumstances or anything, but it was solely because of the choices that I decided to make in 08. So here we are beginning of 09, and I go out to Dallas to a uh, master's commission retreat. And uh, retreat was okay, but they had, <laughs> they had altar call at the end. And uh, so, like, I come up, you know, it was just like this, just all altar call. And the only guy that was left was, and please don't get offended, but it was kind of like this nerdy white guy. And <laughs> I didn't think that, like, he's not going to be able to understand anything that I'm going through. But how many of us know, like, you can't judge a book by its cover? I mean, God can use anybody to speak to anybody, no matter of background, no matter of race, whatever. So I go up and uh, I just tell this guy everything that's this going on. And so he's praying for me and I hear, I, I hear God again. And he, he tells me, the same way I told you that uh, I could deal with your problems like I did in 2002, I'm still here. I can still do the same thing now. We just have to make a connection. And so after that, I'm telling you guys, 2009 was just full of nothing but love and revelation. Can we get into some more real quick? You guys are like, dang, about time. <laughs> okay, Proverbs 3.3, uh, 3, it says, uh, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name and a good name in the sight of God and man. It says in the, we'll win favor and good name in the sight of God and man. When I, when I read this, I can't help but to think of Martin Luther King. I mean, he came out saying, I'm just doing God's work, guys. And, and his whole approach was nonviolence, which what? Stemmed from what? Love. And um, brain fart. <laughs> but he, we, uh, we, we know in the Bible, like, like, what does it say? God looks at what? God looks at the heart, not on the outside. And just like Martin Luther King said, uh, don't judge anybody by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, you know? And what I just, what God was just showing me is that God is love. You know what I mean? Like love isn't something that God represents or that God just partners with or he looks at love like, hey, I like you. Let me uh, sponsor you. Like <laughs> God's being is love. Like as I am human, as everybody in this room is human, like God is love. And then all that love he just started showing me through that year. And he just started telling me that like situations are what I make of it. If I come into a situation like, you know, like, oh, I have to drink or I can't have fun, that means I just came into an agreement with a lie, you know? 
Or if I come into a situation like, you know what, I'm about to make this a classic night without alcohol. I need to walk in that truth because that is truth and I am capable of doing that. And just with that, uh, you know, he just started showing me that my confidence that I had, you know what I mean, like in my clothes, in that car, in my hair, I could go bald tomorrow. My closet could just, my closet could just light on fire. My car could get totaled. I was gonna say repo, but my car, <laughs> my car could get totaled. And then what would happen to my confidence? It's just, it's just shot. But God is a rock and God is solid. So um, I wanna read out of uh, Psalms 62.6. It said, uh, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. It's like me literally trying to tip over a tank. Like, I can't do it, you know? And that's why my confidence is strictly in God because God's not going to change. So as long as God's not changing, my confidence is with him. My confidence is not going to just be shot if, you know, like something happens around in this earthly realm. I had to get to a point where when I walk into those doors, if I were to walk in in sweats or if I'm going to walk in while I am like as I am right now, that's still going to be the same person. You know, because I am still me regardless of what I have on. God is still in my heart and I had to step into an identity of I am God's son. You know what I mean? So no matter what I, what I wear, no matter what people think or what they, what they see me as, God's looking at my heart as like, that's my son. And I had to walk in that truth, and it wasn't easy, but I got there. <laughs> and so, granted, still today, like, I like to look nice. And there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look nice. The only difference is, is that I don't invest all my money, I don't invest all my time in, into clothes or into material things. Um, this shirt, for example, Believe it or not, I got it from the Goodwill. Yeah. Some of you guys are probably thinking like, oh, Goodwill, they sell used clothes. Hey, that's more for me. More for me. So here we are, 2009, and God's, God's just showing me like just all these things. And Angela comes back into the picture, but she really just kind of has me at like arm's length, which is totally understandable. Um, but as I just started stepping into that identity of who I really was, I just started gaining back trust with her. It wasn't something I had to like, oh, let me try to gain back trust with her. It was no, it was like, let me step into this identity. And more I step into my identity, the more the trust came back into that relationship. So here we are, end of 2009. And uh, my mother actually got diagnosed with cancer in 2006. And did, you know, the chemo off and on thing. But 2009, like, things just got really bad. And it ended up um, traveling to or just being, it got to her brain pretty much. Um, and so things are really bad. And, like, there are some huge decisions that were going to have to be made, you know. And even though God helped me out a lot with these issues, um, I still wasn't equipped to handle this. So... My aunt came into town, and uh, she just pretty much orchestrated everything and just really manned up and just stepped to the plate. I mean, doctor's appointments, medications, people coming over, 
she kind of overdid it, but that overdoing it was better than my little doing it, you know? And I really just looked at it like, wow, this woman just really came here and outmanned me. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, God, like, please show me now, like, what it actually means to be a man. Because that I, I didn't know. And so he just started giving me revelation, just starting to put people in my life that, uh, that were really good examples of men. Like, is Uncle Mike here? Okay, <laughs> so this is my Uncle Mike. So he thinks, you know, like, he talks a lot. <laughs> and I listen, you know, but he, 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 he thinks when he's talking that I'm just listening, but no, like, really, I'm just taking mental notes. I'm just like, how do you do what you do? How do you dis put discipline in your house and love and just put that all together. You know, how are you so just confident just in, in yourself? And so I just started watching him just as, as he's doing things and just started learning like, like that because God does put people in our lives to be that example. Guys like Eric Waterbury, we have, on, on this earth, we're able to have three types of fathers. I guess like three. A biological father, which is, which is obvious. Obviously, we have like a heavenly father. And we have our spiritual fathers. And he has been that spiritual father to me. He's really big on discipleship. And that's something that I really want to be too. And so I'll just ask him questions like, how do you do this? Or when this comes, when this comes your way, like, how do you handle it? And I'm just asking him questions and just, and just watching him. And Eventually, like, that stuff just became to me, and any time I would be in those, in those situations, I would just start using those tools that, I, that, that, that he gave me. Lastly, my boy Dwayne over here, man. Come on. Dwayne. <laughs> Part of the reason why me and Dwayne clicked so well is because both of us kind of came into a relationship with God, just both kind of just wimpy, weak, skinny. We're both still kind of skinny, but... <laughs> You know, like we came into the identity and just God just did just an overflow, just, just started just giving us all of this confidence, which means it's like all we're, we're holding on to is God's confidence. We don't have anything else. You separate us from God, there's no confidence. There's, there is just, there's nothing there, you know, so we have that common bond. And that's part of the reason why me and him collect, connect so well. You guys doing all right? Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. We're going to read out of uh, Hebrews um, 4.16. It says, uh, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, and we may receive mercy and find that grace to help us to help in time of need. You guys, just like love, like that love that I was telling you guys that God was just continually giving me, but started in, and I started receiving in 09. It's something that we have to tap into, you know, like it's already there. I'm not the most confident guy in the room. I'm just a guy that God took with struggling with insecurity and just took into just walking in identity with him. If I told you guys that, you know, if you guys go outside and there's going to be an X marked in the grass and there's a million dollars in there, you guys would just get up, leave mid-sermon, and go out and start digging. 
you know? And that's the same way with God, though. You guys, it's like the confidence and stuff is already there. We just, we just got to get it. That's all we got to do. It's all we got. We just tap into it because it's already there for us. And we can't just talk to, you know, God about our insecurities. Like, oh, God, please help me with this insecurity issue. It's like we need to talk to our insecurity issue about God, you know. And the best way to do that is in situations that you're like, oh, my gosh, like insecurity is just wanting to just come over. Say, you know what? That's not God. That's not me. You know what I mean? I need to just go ahead and walk out in confidence in this. And God's going to meet you. He'll meet you right there exactly where you're at. Um, Also, another thing I did was I just started, you know, with just Eric, you know, Uncle Mike Dwayne. I just started surrounding myself with just sharpeners, with with just the right people. Because like we hear in Scripture, as man sharpens man, iron sharpens iron. If you hang out with butter knives, you're just going to be lukewarm. (laughs) You know, and so I just got a circle of friends where it's just like, all we do is just bring out our junk. You know what I mean? Like, here's my junk. And like me and Ashton, we, we just talk about just everything. You know what I mean? And it's not just calling him out on his junk and it's not just him calling me out on my junk. It's like calling each other out on our destiny. You know what I mean? Because that's what's, that's what's more important. It's like, I love him enough to tell him this. He loves me enough to tell me something about my character that he knows is not lined up with God. All right? Okay. One other thing, you guys. My confidence is in this book right here. Now, in the Old Testament, it has over 300 prophecies of not only Jesus' lineage but where he was going to be born and that he would die and rise again. You know, archaeology has confirmed it as history. Now, that's all just a bunch of good facts, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that I've just come to uh, revelation about is it's not just reading. Like, any time that we read, it's an encounter with God. It's an encounter with his love. So it's not like we are gaining wisdom, but it's an encounter with him. And that's just what, um, you know, I've just been experiencing with just, with just get, 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 getting into it. Starting problems starting to come back. <laughs> I know some of you guys are probably thinking like, oh, but it's so hard to read. You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, I mean, King James, it's hard for me to read. You know, but I promise you every time right before I leave, I, pray, I, I read, I pray. And I pray like, just God, show me what you want. And even start off in John, you know what I mean? Like God gave John a whole bunch of revelation. That book is really easy to read. So if you guys are just wondering, like, I don't even know where to start, John's a good place. And so with just God's word and just everything that he was showing me, just about confidence in my friendships and just my confidence in him, he then just began began to just kind of, filtering that confidence into my relationship with Angela. Can we talk about relationships? Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? (laughs) All right. Whatever junk 
that we have coming into a relationship not only becomes our issue, but it becomes the other person's issue as well, you know. And I've been in a relationship to where not only me, but the girl was insecure as well. And if you guys have ever been in that type of situation before, it was just where insecurity runs wild inside of the relationship, arguments get blown out of proportion, you know, the past comes up a lot, you know, there's, there's, there's no, like, trust is really an issue. And because the person, either it's you or somebody else, is not secure with themselves, they're not going to be secure in that relationship. It's either going to be that or the other person is just going to be, the, the person that's dealing with insecurity is just going to be a pushover and just let the other person lead. And that's just, that's just going to be it. The person's happiness is just put on the back burner and it's all about the leader, you know. But that's not what relationships are all about. And let me tell you, being with Angela, part of what attracted me to her was the fact that she was comfortable in her own skin. And for about three years, I had, you guys remember like the 07 sidekicks? You know, like Flip, you know, the T-Mobile, they made a cool noise when they flipped up. So I had one for about three years. It was coming, it was like the end of 2010. And, you know, like the buttons didn't work, screen was messing up, things like that. So finally, uh, upgrade to an iPhone. And let me tell you guys, being in a relationship where insecurity runs wild is like literally going from a sidekick and then being into a relationship to where confidence is the standpoint, it's like going to the iPhone. <laughs> There's a whole new window of opportunity. There's so many more things you can do, you know? It's just, things are more happy. Conflict resolution is so much more easier. You don't have the same problems that you had with this phone. <laughs> and so, if you're in a relationship and you're with somebody that might be dealing with insecurity, I'm not going to tell you to break up. That's, that's, I'm, I'm not going to do that. God turned around this situation, and I believe if he did it for us, he could do it for any other relationship. Only thing that I'm going to tell you is that if the issue never gets addressed, if, if you just keep it as where it's at, the relationship will just be here. Or it's going to go like this. One, one, one or the two. They're going to have like the good times where like, oh man, things are so good. And it's all of a sudden, boom, things will just crash because you can't grow with that junk holding on right there. We all right? Okay. So I kind of wanted to uh, close out with this story. So coming into this year, so I told you guys that, you know, the things with my mom got really bad, you know, the, the cancer spread to her brain. Well, in, in 09, well, she did the radiation and everything. She came out of it. You know what I mean? Like a very rare case that anybody that gets put on hospice is, is, is taken off. Very rare. But my mom was taken off. So come into this year, coming into May, um, the cancer ended up coming back. And my aunt wasn't there. Like it was literally just me. And so 
I had to take everything that I'm just telling you guys, everything that I learned and had to put it into practice. So here I am being her caretaker, uh, being over the medication, taking her to like doctor's appointments, just orchestrating just everything. Everything that I knew that God wants me to step into, that's what I was stepping into. And her last doctor's appointment, the doctor told me, he was like, man, when you first came in here and, you know, back in like, like 06, you looked like you didn't even want to be here. You were just kind of like playing the background or whatever. But it's like now you're like asking questions. You're like more involved. I feel like you've just really taken ownership of, of your mom's situation. And here's the thing. He said, I feel like I've watched you grow up. And, you know, that kind of just hit me as like when, when you think of watching somebody grow up, you, you think either like from, you know, child to teenager or from, you know, teenager to adult. Definitely not in like a five-year span. But the only reason why he said that was because when I first came in, I was a boy. And then coming to the last appointment, I stepped into my identity as a man, as a man of God, as a son of God. And he was able to see that. And so he just asked me, like, how did you do that? Well, let me tell you about God. Bam. And it's not to put myself up on a pedestal because, like I said before, like, my confidence is, it, it is in God. Remove me from God. The confidence isn't there. And humility is something that we really do need to practice. John was perfect. And he was just like, the Pharisees were asking him, like, hey, are you the Messiah? No. Are you Elijah? No. So they were like, well, then who are you? He was like, you know that guy that ties Jesus' sandals? I'm under him. That's what true humility looks like. So if we could have the worship band come up and uh, I could get the uh, prayer leaders to come up for prayer. Um, You know, you guys know my story now. And... You know, you could be telling me, like, Eugene, you don't know what I did before I came here. You don't know what I did this week, last month, this year. You guys, you're right. I don't know. But what I do know is that God wants to meet up with you guys tonight. And he wants to make that connection with you tonight. All these prayer uh, team people here, I give my stamp of validation on all of them. Every single solitary one of them. And I don't mean to be funny, but we need to get some of this spiritual fiber so we can get some of this crap out. <laughs> now, I know God can meet you right there at, like, in your seat. And I've seen God meet people right there in their seats. But there's something powerful when we get up out of our chairs, not caring what anybody else thinks, and just walking up with here and like, you know what? I, I just want to meet up with God. God, show me something, you know? Um, we're all adults here, you know? But sometimes we could think like, oh, well, I don't know. The person I'm sitting next to, they might think I'm weird for going up there. Or I don't want to go up there like everybody's just going to be like watching me. Well, guaranteed, 
If you're like really worried about what the person next to you is thinking, I guarantee you they're not helping you out with anything. You know? So don't, let's not worry about what other people are thinking. Let's just focus on God and let's just see what he has to say about us. Because all these prayer people, like up here, prayer people, um, everybody up here could hear God. And he wants to talk to you guys. So as we uh, worship, um, if you guys feel it called on your heart to come up, then please do. Thank you, guys.